0: Welcome to the General Counsel Podcast, where today I'll meditate on several of my blogs about building the temple. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the questions. Why is it ironic that the Apostle Paul's last memory of the Temple in Jerusalem was of being kicked out because he was falsely accused of bringing a non-Jew into the Temple? Why did Paul teach Jews and non-Jews that Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier? the dividing wall of hostility between Jews and non-Jews. Why did Peter teach that Jesus is the living stone that is the cornerstone of the new temple? Why did Peter teach that we are like living stones who are being built into a spiritual house, a temple of the Spirit? How can this spiritual temple overcome the combined powers of money Religion and kingdoms, why won't there be a physical temple in the ideal new Jerusalem that is being built by the Word of God? And now, as I talk, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Building the Temple, Paul. Paul rejected the physical temple built by Herod the Great with the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world. Instead, Paul taught all people to love the spiritual temple built with the teachings of Moses, David, Isaiah, and Jesus. Emperor Nero beheaded the Apostle Paul in Rome about five years before the Romans destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Since Paul was a Roman citizen, he could not be crucified as Jesus was. The temple in Jerusalem during Paul's lifetime was the temple of Herod the Great. Herod built it using the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world. As a young man, Paul grew up in Jerusalem. He studied there under the highly respected Rabbi Gamaliel. He was thoroughly trained in the law of his Jewish ancestors, the law of Moses. Paul loved God, Jerusalem, and the temple zealously. Decades later, as a follower of the way of Jesus, Paul wanted to show that he continued to be a Jew who followed the law of Moses. After returning to Jerusalem, He went to the temple to worship, to purify himself, and to make offerings in accordance with the law of Moses. Unfortunately, while Paul was in the temple, his enemies recognized him. Paul was ceremonially clean. He had not, as his enemies mistakenly believed, brought a non-Jew into the temple. Nevertheless, his enemies stirred up the whole crowd. His enemies seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he has brought a Greek into the temple and defiled this holy place. People came running from all directions. Seizing Paul, they dragged him from the temple. While they were beating Paul, trying to kill him, Roman troops arrived. The Romans rescued Paul by arresting him. Paul remained in prison for two years while the Romans tried to decide what to do about him. Eventually, Paul appealed to the Roman emperor himself. After surviving a shipwreck, Paul arrived in Rome, where he remained under house arrest for two years. Paul's final memory of the physical temple of Herod the Great was of being dragged outside to be killed while the doors were shutting to keep him out. Why? Because his enemies mistakenly believed that he had brought a non-Jew into the temple. They mistakenly believed that he was teaching everyone everywhere against our people and our law and this place. In reality, Paul was in the temple for the very purpose of proving that there was no truth in such reports and that he himself was living in obedience to the law of Moses. In reality, Paul was immensely proud of being a Jew. Why? Because the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. Despite his final memory of being beaten and cast out of the physical temple of Herod the Great, or perhaps because of this final memory of the physical temple, Paul drew upon his love for the temple to teach both Jews and non-Jews what it means to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength. Paul rejected the physical temple built by Herod the Great with the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world. Instead, Paul taught all people, to love the spiritual temple built with the teachings of Moses, David, Isaiah, and Jesus. The church that Paul planted in Corinth contained both Jews and non-Jews. Paul wrote to them, commanding, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Individually, each of us is God's temple. Why? Because God's Spirit dwells in each of us. Collectively, we are God's temple. Why? because God's Spirit dwells in our midst. Years later, while under house arrest in Rome, Paul was still urging Jews and non-Jews to build this new spiritual temple. The church in Ephesus contained both Jews and non-Jews. Paul was the first one to teach them about receiving the Spirit of God. When Paul wrote to God's holy people in Ephesus, He commanded them to end the hostility between Jews and non-Jews. Why? Because Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility between Jews and non-Jews. Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone of the household of Jews and non-Jews that God's people are building. In the way of Jesus that fulfills the law of Moses and the prophets, this whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. In the way of Jesus that fulfills the law of Moses and the prophets, we are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. God's Spirit lives in each of us individually, and in all of us collectively who love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength. God's Spirit grows fruit that destroys barriers and breaks down hostility between Jews and non-Jews, rich and poor, males and females. What are these fruit of God's Spirit that overcome all kinds of barriers and hostilities? Love joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What kind of love from God's Spirit overcomes all kinds of barriers and hostilities? What kind of love from God's Spirit builds spiritual temples by dwelling in the midst of each of us individually and then all of us collectively, who love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength? Love that is patient. Love that is kind. Love that does not envy. Love that does not boast. Love that is not proud. Love that does not dishonor others. Love that is not self seeking. Love that is not easily angered. Love that keeps no record of wrongs. Love that does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Love that always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love that never fails. Building the temple. Peter. Jesus is still the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the living stone that is the chosen and precious cornerstone of the spiritual temple being built with living stones who are a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. This temple is still being built on the living stone, Jesus. The combined powers of money, religion, and the kingdoms of the world will never overcome it. The gates of hell itself will never overcome it. When Jesus was leaving the temple, a few days before his crucifixion, his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. One of them said, look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Jesus accurately foretold the destruction of the temple by the Romans 40 years later and the great revolt by the Jews against the Roman Empire in 70 of the Common Era. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Decades later, after the Romans destroyed the physical temple, Peter taught us that a temple should not be built from massive stones. A temple should be built from living stones. The cornerstone of this temple is the living stone, Jesus. All those who come to Jesus become like living stones who are being built into a spiritual house, a temple of the Spirit. All those who come to the living stone, Jesus, are being built into this temple of the Spirit to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This spiritual temple of living stones will succeed where the physical temple of massive stones failed. Unlike the physical temple built by Herod the Great with massive stones, this spiritual temple built by Jesus with living stones will never be overcome, not even by the combined powers of money, religion, and the kingdoms of this world as embodied in the Roman Empire. Unlike the physical temple built by Herod the Great with massive stones, this spiritual temple built by Jesus with living stones will never be overcome, not even by hell itself. Peter learned this truth from the lips of Jesus himself. When Peter declared that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Jesus praised him, saying, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, which in Greek means rock, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. In the 21st century, Jesus is still the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the living stone that is the chosen and precious cornerstone of the spiritual temple being built with living stones. In the 21st century, this temple is still being built on the living stone, Jesus. The combined powers of money, Religion and the kingdoms of the world will never overcome it. The gates of hell itself will never overcome it. Building the Temple, the Word In the book of Revelation, John envisioned a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Part of the first earth that had passed away was the first Jerusalem and the temple built by Herod the Great, using the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world. In the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, John did not envision a physical temple in the city. Why? Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. In the book of Revelation, John envisioned a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Part of the first earth that had passed away was the first Jerusalem and the temple built by Herod the Great, using the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world. In the holy city... The New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, John did not envision a physical temple in the city. Why? Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. In Revelation, the Lamb refers to Jesus. John heard a loud voice saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. How did this wonderful new heaven and new earth come to be? The Word of God. John began his gospel by revealing to us, In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word is the light of all humanity. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This Word became flesh and dwelt among us as Jesus. In Revelation, this Word is envisioned as riding a white horse. This rider is called Faithful and True, with justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The way that you perceive and understand this vision of the Word of God judging and waging war is a Rorschach test of your heart, soul, and mind. An Rorschach test by a psychologist. You are shown patterns of ink blots. Your understandings and perceptions that arise by studying the ink blots reveal what is in your heart, soul, and mind. In this Rorschach test by the Word, your perceptions and understandings that arise by studying John's visions and revelation reveal what is in your heart, soul, and mind. If your heart is full, of hatred and violence you will flunk this warshock test by the word when you read and interpret the many visions in revelation you will have eyes that don't see and ears that don't hear you will be ever seeing and not perceiving you'll be ever hearing and not understanding the calluses on your hardened heart will be revealed for example If your heart is full of hatred and violence, you will mistakenly perceive, understand, and conclude that the word wages war using the power of knives, guns, tanks, and nukes. You will mistakenly perceive, understand, and conclude that the word wages war using the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world. But these kinds of wars waged by using the power of knives, guns, tanks, and nukes are part of the old heaven and old earth that are passing away. These kinds of wars waged by using the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world are part of the old heaven and old earth that are passing away. These are the kinds of wars that the word of God, Jesus, rejected in his Sermon on the Mount when he taught us to turn the other cheek, to love our enemies, and to pray for those who persecute us. These are the kinds of wars that the word of God, Jesus, rejected by rebuking his disciples when they wanted to rain down fire from heaven to destroy those who they hated because of their religion nationality, or ancestry. These are the kinds of wars that the Word of God, Jesus, rejected by urging us to help all people, even if we have been taught to hate their religion, nationality, or ancestry. These are the kinds of wars that the Word of God, Jesus, rejected by forgiving those who insulted him, tortured him, and murdered him. Therefore, you will only pass this Rorschach test by the word if your heart, soul, and mind are full of the fruit of the word. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You will only pass this Rorschach test of the word if you love the one Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, despising false gods such as the power of money, the power of religion, and the power of the kingdoms of the world. Those of us who love the one Lord God will be in the armies of heaven, following the word, riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's people. We will light the new heavens and the new earth with our good deeds, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Word. We will heal humanity. No longer will there be any curse. Why? Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are our temple. We will serve the one Lord God. We will see his face. His name will be on our foreheads. There will be no more night. We will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the one Lord God will give us light and we will reign forever and ever. Let there be light. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My blogs that I read today may be found on my website, timharner.com, where they set forth the names of related blogs and have citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.